Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for the most popular and least listened to podcast in the world, the Sixth Sense Media Podcast, with your host, Mike Phelan. Uh, speaking of indie films, uh, uh, yeah. Sweet Taste of Souls, how did, how did you get associated with that uh, production? Yeah, I just auditioned. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't, look, it was so funny. It was pre-pandemic, right? So mm-hmm. still a lot of auditions are done on um, you know self-tapes. So I self-taped and then I called back on the self-tape. Then I had to meet with them on another callback, like three callbacks, and then I ended up shooting it. Um, I didn't know I didn't know anybody involved in that feature at all. As it turned out, the director knew me peripherally from another lifetime when I lived in San Francisco. We had some of mutual friends there, but we hadn't worked together. I hadn't worked with anybody. So I just, the way I got it is just through the normal channels, you know, just auditioning. And um, I thought they were interesting because usually when you get a callback, you just get a callback. For the first callback, the casting director wrote me a note. It was so encouraging. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do the callbacks. I was, you know, you just, it was a project that wasn't filming in LA. I knew that. It was, um, and at the time I was like, do I want to leave LA to go shoot a film? I had so many other things going on. I was right before I was going to start to shoot Wise of the Skies. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I had to put that, you know, I had to juggle everything. And I thought, well, if that casting director hadn't written me such a sweet note, I might not have done, done the callback on the tape. And then I was like in Germany and they called me back for the actual, the second callback. And I fortunately got back in time. And I was like, and I met with them and I'm like, oh, these are the nicest people I've ever met. I just, I liked them so much. I wanted to work with them. So. Uh, When you read the, when you read for the part or when you read the part, uh, what did you think? Did it? Um, I thought that, here's what I thought. There were some things that weren't psychologically sound to me. Mm -hmm. So I thought the only way I can do this part is if I really play it for real, you know, cause there's a campiness, which will come through that's in that script. And I had to like really cry real tears, you know, I might be crying when other people are laughing. I don't know, but I knew that I had to play it as authentically as I could because there was questions for me um, that were things in the script that were open to interpretation. So I had to make a choice and go with it. And fortunately, um, it worked for, for me, you know, I mean, I was a, I had a director, Terry Ross is very cool, but you know, I thought this is going to be an interesting shoot. I'm wondering how they're going to pull it all together. I can't say I was the absolute biggest fan of the script, but I thought there was something there and that I could do something I wanted, you know, interesting with it while playing it for real within this crazy world. So, um, it was a challenge. It was. It was very challenging. When you have a a character where you have those questions, uh, how does the actor-director relationship play into that? Well, we, her and I, you know, given the scope of the project, there was no real time to rehearse. So we had a phone meeting, one phone meeting. <laughs> and I told her, here's the stuff I need help with, blah, blah, blah. So we covered things and we were pretty much on the same page in terms of, you know, staying as authentic as I can. 
to who this person was, you know, playing her as authentic as I can. And um, if I had some problem with the script on this scene or that, you know, we talked it through, but um, the writer was very, was also a producer on it. And she really wanted us to stick very closely to what, and I, I understand, you know, it's her baby, it's her vision. So we worked within that to make it work for her. And I mean, she's a wonderful person, the writer, and she's, she's got, she's a brilliant person actually. And um, so it was challenging, you know, I just had to really work within it. I find that, you know, I find that happens a lot though with films where I might get a script and I go, huh, I'm not sure I understand that. And uh, I usually can have a discussion with the director and I just have to make it work. And sometimes it doesn't always work. And sometimes they edit it, there's so much crap out of it that you, all your moments, there, there aren't even payoffs. You're like, oh, well, what happened to that scene? That happened in order for make that happen, you know? So it's out of your control because I had nothing to do with the post or anything. I was just an actor for that. Uh, where was, was it all filmed on location or was this uh, half and half? Oh, no, no. Yeah, it was, uh, all of it was in, uh, on location in Julian, California. Are you familiar with Julian? Yep. So it's a mountain town. And so we had this, this coffee shop that we used and then <laughs> production rented a great big house where we all stayed, which was <laughs> like, oh my God. And we used some of it as the set. So I was like, I need my own room and I need my own bathroom. Period. I can't. There's three people here, you know. So every night, everybody, not me, everybody was drinking and partying all night. I'm like, how are they doing this? How? It was intense. By the time it was over, I was running out. <laughs> I was like, bye. <laughs> My car is packed up. I'm out of here. So I stayed there the entire like three weeks. And uh, it was interesting. I missed my family because <laughs> that's me. And uh, even though it was only a few hours away, you know, nobody. Oh, that's not true. My aunt and my two cousins came to visit me on a day off. They did. And uh, it was fun. And, you know, Julian is known for their pies, which is sort of, you know, great with the script. So mm -hmm. I, thought they, I thought they did a great job in that arena, how they they made it about all this pie and takes place in Julian, if anybody knows what Julian is. Um, and the director happened to live in Julian. So it all seemed like it was meant to be for this, you know, production. And, uh, but yeah, everything was on location. Some people, you know, 90% of the people came out of San Diego because it's right there. It's, mm -hmm. So in terms of the crew and the cast, some of the cast like myself, uh, lived in LA. I think all the main actors lived in LA. So, uh, do you see a bit of a difference in in acting styles from people that come from come from uh, LA versus coming from uh, like San Francisco? Um, not really. I really can't say I do. I, I think it's just a question of people who have you know more experience or not. You, you know, but. Some would argue that people in LA, they're very laid back. And you know, when they work on camera, it's like they're trying to be so like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Can't even hear them. It's like, what? Mm -hmm. You know? And uh, a lot of shows are that way. When you watch them, it's like, what the hell do they just say? I know I can hear. <laughs> so I do feel like perhaps there are people who think that 
acting on camera is acting like as naturalistically just lazy mouth LA as you can be, which isn't always life, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. people are animated. So, um, but I, I can't say that I've noticed it too much, really. Oh, yeah. what did you think about the finished product? Oh, Sweet Taste of Souls? Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I have my problems with it. I'm not gonna lie, I, I, I did. Uh, I was, I felt like there was some stuff that I liked a lot of it. Uh, some of it came out better than I thought. And some of it, you know, I was disappointed in things that were edited out that didn't always pay off and things that I was doing to push the story forward. So, so it was a mixed bag for me, but overall, I, I think that the writer and the director and the producer did their job overall. I really am proud of them and I would work with them again because it was a good experience. But I, I think, um, you know, look, I'm also a filmmaker, as you know, I might do things differently. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's, but, but, but above all, it's like as an actor, like I said, you don't always have the say in what they keep and what they don't, you know? And so I, I was surprised that some of the coverage wasn't there, I think, for certain, like it upset me. It's like, what, what about my relationship with this girl? Like, why don't you see, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. So. So it was a mixed bag, but overall, I, I was happy for them because they were very happy with it. And I think that overall, it's done okay. I think about most people ended up liking it. One of the things is people in the horror world are very forgiving. My mm -hmm. God, it's not like other genres. It's like they're so kind. It's like wow, which is great. I love that they're so loyal and they're so kind. At mm -hmm. least always been my experience so people were people were really kind to me <laughs> so i feel really grateful for that like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> you can't be a fan of like 70s horror without being forgiving of a lot of shortcomings <laughs> you know and that is the best 70s horror mm -hmm. does it get better than rosemary's baby or or the actresses rather you know that it doesn't mm -hmm. but i mean it's i wish there was you know, more uh, more films made like a 70s horror movie. Mm -hmm. They were so good. It's, they were right, the scariest. Yeah, it's, I think there's just, there's too much convenience now for filmmakers that they don't have that, they're not really put to the task like Toby Hooper was in uh, mm -hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They don't have that like, you need to get this done in the harshest conditions possible or else your film's not gonna get distributed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, I, I think that before they relied on our, our minds to create the horror more than we see now. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's always going to be like the gory gore fests, you know, which have a place, but things like to me, like a Clockwork Orange, that was one of the scariest movies I saw in my entire, of course I didn't see it till later, but I was like, wow, this is a frightening film. Mm -hmm. All the horrors in your brain, you, you know, they don't show it. And that's the kind of horror I love. And uh, they did that more back then than they, they do now, I think. Now it's just too easy to show the gore, but... Um, yeah, I don't think maybe filmmakers don't like to let a scene linger anymore or, or let the actor be the scenery more mm -hmm. or less without actually having to talk because Malcolm McDowell is 
terrifying as Alex. <laughs> Even yeah. he's very charming, but at the same time, he's yeah devastatingly he awful. <laughs> but if the worst. yeah, but if, the worst. if you mean, if you don't let him be the canvas, uh, I don't think Kubrick would have gotten anything good out of him. I think he would have just been a a guy with a posh accent, just kind of being violent and being a dick. You know that's true, and that that kind of having that kind of pacing and um, uh, patience to show that as a director would make you a very good director, because a lot of people they they don't have that kind of sensibility anymore, and uh, so. I, I think I know what you're saying, and I, I think that some of the best acting, you know, that we've seen, or best performances, or even most feared performances in <laughs> in the horror genre, was because of that kind of pacing, or we got to project all our fears onto that, you know. Yeah, I think I I don't know. It's just a different world now. But um, I'll tell you, if I make a horror movie ever, uh, if I direct one, or even end up uh, writing one, I did write one, but write an, one that I'm going to make. And I think uh, I would try to do it as close to a '70s one as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Just use that genre because it's the most. Yeah, they're the best. They really are. Yeah, you don't need to go overboard with gore. You don't need. No. You don't even need an A-list cast. Just <laughs> yeah, that story. It's all about mm -hmm. story. And like you said, really just. Um, and, and the sound, I mean, look at freaking with his sound on that exorcist. Mm -hmm. You know, he did all the sound himself. Yep. He's, yeah, he's a genius. <laughs> but um, yeah, that that's what you need. You got to really create the environment for fear. Uh, what <laughs> other pro <laughs> what other projects do you have coming up? Um, I have this film that's coming out called Layla. I don't have a huge part in it, but I have a very pivotal role in it. And uh, the director is Gordon Cowie. He's, he's known for doing music videos, mm -hmm. very visual. And this guy made the most beautiful movie on a lower budget. For, I mean, it had a budget, but lower budget. And it was gorgeous. I'm so impressed with his work. He's like somebody to really watch for. And then, of course, I worked with, you know, Paul McCarthy, mm -hmm. the artist. And I've, I've done like six films for him. And so we have some coming out uh that are in post and um so that's that's happening now these are the two films that are well at least what maybe more than one paul mccarthy films coming out but certainly at least one is and um it's a takeoff on night porter it's like a deconstructed night porter so it's a world war ii it's really really disturbing and um other than that i'm hosting this this youtube channel i told you about and it takes like these old 1980s um, uh, commercials, which is kind of fun, and promos. It's really, a, it's kind of a pit, and that's kind of fun. And um, I'm in process of writing with a gentleman named John Nickham. He's, a, he's out of Kansas City, and we're going to be doing a Western after, after the uh, pandemic, <laughs> when it's safe. And I'll be directing, so it'll be like a feature, like a pulp Western, which is, insane i never thought i'd do get to direct a western so <laughs> but you could get away with just having the bandanas on <laughs> everybody <laughs> everybody's a desperado <laughs> True, everybody's a desperado with a little mask but uh, yeah 
So it's a period piece, though. It's it's real pulp. It's it's going to be really fun to do. And the gentleman, Davy Robertson, who shot uh, Wives of the Sky, is going to shoot it for me. So I'm excited for that because he's so talented. Yeah, Wives of the Sky had great framing and great color. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did a beautiful job. I must say, he really did. Uh, he's a director himself, actually, and that's how I met him. He hired me like on some TV show years ago and we worked together several times and i'm like he's so talented <laughs> so now we're of course we're like best friends so um so that's good then he and i wrote a script that he wants to direct so we'll see if that happens after the pandemic as well so um we'll see we'll see it's so hard to know how things are going to zig and zag you know it people want things to get back to normal so that's probably going to be the push for things getting back to normal because people need we need art we need cinema we need each other there's no way we're going to survive without getting things back to semi-normalcy oh yeah yeah i i mean it's a it's a nightmare when you think about it sometimes i stop and go is this real am i dreaming all this bad <laughs> dream where i can't go outside because someone will cough on me and i'll die you know? <laughs> <laughs> But this also has been a really interesting time. I actually, I wrote a novel that I started before the pandemic and I'm just, I finished it and I'm just going through my fourth draft of it. You know how that is. It's just about done. I have like 60 pages. So I'm gonna release that in about two months. And that'll be a whole new thing for me because I, I never thought I'd write a novel. I never, that was never my goal in life. So I did it. And I was like, well, would I have finished this if it wasn't for the pandemic? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> never. <laughs> are you going through a publisher or are you going to self-publish? Um, I have two publishers who want to read the manuscript, but I'll probably end up self-publishing it. And then if it gets picked up by a publisher, that's fine. It's so different than movies. Mm -hmm. We're like, if you release your own film, you kind of, that's it. If you, uh, with books, you can self-publish and then get picked up. So it's, it's like the opposite. I had no idea. I'm like, really? I didn't know how that worked. So we'll see. Um, I'm not sure. I think for at least one of these two people who want to see it, I'm a good fit. The other one, I'm not sure that I am, but uh, happy to have them read it. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I could be wrong. But yeah. So we'll see. It'll be fun. It'll be a new experience. That's for sure. You've been listening to the Sixth Sense Media Podcast. You can find more of our celebrity interviews and roundtable discussions on iTunes, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Be sure to check out our movie, TV, and video game coverage at SixthSense.com and FanBolt.com.